I don't know what I feel like <laughs> I would rather like ask you a thousand questions about the work. <laughs> okay, likewise. Like after you read. And okay. then so that way we both have like a lot of space to take up for ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, okay. okay. So uh what do you want to start with? Oh fuck, you want me to start reading? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess we then... should intro, right? Oh fuck. Okay. Um well hello. This is Pearl Sound, the a leftist fucking uh, archive podcast of contemporary leftist poetry, and I'm who am I speaking yeah. with today? Hi, I'm Brendan Joyce, also known as Nice Try Officer on Twitter, previously known as Grieveland, and uh, you, <laughs> commonly known as Grieve Boy, uh, by <laughs> Matilda. I'm very happy with that one. And uh, sure you yeah, are. you have <laughs> you have a chapbook coming out soon, Character Limit, which we, you are going to read from today. Some poems published in Paint Bucket. Yeah, uh, I I've been working on this. Uh, I, I didn't even think about it as an idea at first. It was just <laughs> like, oh, what if I just wrote poems inside of the tweet box? Yes, then, fuck yeah it kind of emerged as like, I was thinking a lot about Terrence Hayes um, mm -hmm. doing a hundred sonnets in the first hundred days. And yeah. And also like these other works of sonnets, like crawl space, um, Brazilian mm -hmm. is not a race. These kind of punching up against the form uh, mm -hmm. that I thought was interesting, but I can't count for my life. So <laughs> I can't do, I, I just can't count uh, syllables or even do alternating stresses really I just don't hear them so uh, oh, shit well I don't even know how much do, do you know if Brazilian is not a race and uh, Terrence Hayes's collection are in pentameter I don't think they are but okay uh, <laughs> my point was like I wanted to write a crown of sonnets and I just can't because I'm done oh okay no <laughs> well there both Honestly, of those people could have, but like they made a purposeful <laughs> choice. I don't have that option because I'm dumb. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I disagree. And either way, we're gonna talk about your form. That like I think you are the, well, what would you call it? Like fucking not founder of because people have written Twitter poetry before, but like you're doing something new with, with the form that is the Twitter box. And like, it's creating a really cool way for people to interact with your poetry, which I think we'll definitely talk about. Yeah, but I think we should talk about your work first. Okay, so yeah, we wanted to do like a dual feature, which means that I'm also gonna read again. Yes, I'm really excited for this. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, fuck. Which I was, I was not prepared for. 
But <laughs> this means, this means, I don't know. Okay, I'll read the shit I've got on Paint Bucket first, which is three different poems. I've got another hauntology. I've got a name replaced like a name, and then proles who trampled a paragraph. Yeah, you want me to? You want me to start reading? Yes. Where are you starting? Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna do uh, another hauntology. Nice. Okay. So the poem begins with a little dedication for Bartleby. Of course. <laughs> All right. Another hauntology. All around, an envelope unlicked. The roosters, as one could have expected, are taking out the twilight. A village assembled to mourn futurity. Families are gathered, their heads bent against the weight of the sunset. They are trying to hold it up. They are failing to hold it up. A father brews a pot of coffee, a gesture of strength against repetition. The people form a line, and the line is this one, a break in the chain of the poem that is these people, that is this history, a gesture of strength against repetition. I am firing blanks walking toward Wall Street, aiming at the idea of it and the lizards, only the gun is jammed and I am without a gun, there is no revolution. And from the cold dark, a tongue reaches out to lick. Stampless, the envelope lies on the table. Some shit like that. Ugh. <laughs> God damn. So, I the rooster line. I'm trying. I'm pulling up the text right now. Uh, the rooster oh, line. Shit. I can. I can. I can send it if you want. Uh, no, I'm. I'm uh, scrolling through your. Uh, uh, forthcoming collected called collected shit um, <laughs> to pull up another hauntology but the rooster line specifically where you say i have it here um the roosters as one could have expected are taking out the line break twilight i, I i'm like uh, you know obviously as a poet i'm obsessed with enjambment but oh, yeah. that specific move was the first time in this poem I was like, okay, we're not fucking around today. All right. Um, so, and then immediately following a village assembled to mourn futurity. What does that mean uh, to you when you think about uh, mourning futurity? That, that phrase just like ingrained in my brain. Yeah, well, that's kind of the that uh, a definite callback to the title, which is another hauntology. And uh, I was first introduced to the phrase hauntology by a friend last year, which is uh, apparently comes from Derrida, um, Spectres of Marx, but I have not yet read that. And uh, a hauntology or like hauntological thinking being like, you know, mourning a past future, like a future that only existed in a past time. So like, you know, if we were to, you know, go back 20 years, what a future then looked like, as opposed to now with, like, you know, climate catastrophe, etc. Flying cars, jetpacks, communism, and now what do we Exactly, have? yeah. Fully automated space luxury communism, and now the Amazon is on fire. That's incredible. Um, Thank you. That, and so, like, I mean, as far as, like, the the village i mean could be you know collective nihilism 
and like you know the attempt against nihilistic thinking in this age as difficult as that is but the necessity of like you know well we need to fucking do some shit right uh and their heads bent against the weight of the sunset they're trying to hold it up and they're failing to uh yeah a gesture of strength against repetition it's almost like uh, part of it feels like history is happening and these people are pushing against it and just totally failing at it. Mm. Um, Absolutely. It's fuck. Striking. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, and the, the, the father that brews the pot of coffee again, which is the gesture of strength against repetition largely comes from like, you know, my own life watching my dad wake up every morning, going to work and like brewing these pots of coffee day after day in the morning and like, you know, watching coffee and, you know, uh, being this like, you know, uh, like false reinvigorator almost of like, you know, all right, you know, it's a new day. I've got my pot of coffee ready to go take on doing the exact same thing again. And it's like, you know, my, my parents work on the railroad and like, you know, right now they're like uh, flagmen. So like, you know, construction going on. And it's like, you know, what are we building towards? But yeah, to get to get up and do that work every day, you have to participate in this thing that also is like kind of killing you, right? Absolutely. And just the it's it's more so like the I guess the repetitive nature of it that really like whether it scares me or like shocks me that it's possible to do like I mean the necessity of having to do it. But I mean, there has to be a break at some point. And I mean, a lot of this, I guess, is me trying to radicalize my parents and getting them like, you know, oh, do you not realize like, you know, the inherent violence and a lot of shit, but it's like, you know, I, I mean, it's a, it's the, that's the difficulty of dealing with people who like come from a, a, a very like uh, pseudo, like centrist Democrat type thinking where it's like, you know, oh, oh everything's right. fine, you know, like, Things are okay. I'm good. I'm well off. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's interesting to try to radicalize people who are especially in middle age and have already like sunken into that feeling. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're the the thing you're pushing against is the weight of that repetition of their lives, right? Mm, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. When. Uh, just to get back to the text for one moment, there's this huge turn in this yeah. film that is wild. You say a gesture <laughs> of strength against repetition, and then flip, I am firing blanks, walking toward Wall Street, aiming at the idea of it and the lizards. So uh, this, like, immediately, I, I started thinking about political art when I read this line, mm -hmm. like just this indication of what are we actually doing? There is no revolution. This is, yeah. we're throwing uh, poems at a that's, brick wall. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's the point of that, uh, like line that for me was really difficult to write. Uh, Cause like, you know, you're facing the reality of it, of like, you know, the without a gun semicolon, there is no revolution, which is, you know, when you read with the enjambment, I am without a gun. Yeah. A semicolon there is no revolution or you know without an armed struggle there is no revolution and it's like uh, i don't know i don't know because it's like you know 
I've gotten very fed up with the uh, with democratic ideology. I think that I've been fed most of my life of like you know you've got to listen to both sides of the argument. You know, uh, everyone's allowed to have opinions of their own, and it's like, well, yeah, but once your ideology includes genocide, I don't think I need to listen to you. And like you know, you're a danger to everyone else. Right, and once your ide- once it is revealed your ideology includes genocide. It is also revealed that it yeah. always has included genocide, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's amazing. So do you want to read another one? Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate the enthusiasm so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll read A Name Replaced Like a Name, which is actually one I wrote quite a while ago and then like brushed up a bit and I'm... Uh, then appeared on Paintbug, and I was like, fuck, cool. Nice. <laughs> uh, so here we go. There is change, and the eye passes through it. I pass through it. Vomit in the rain. Pockets of the rain open. The rain keeps referring to me. I ask the rain to refer to me. The rain understands. They say to me, I am the rain. A raindrop is like a finger. I understand the rain. The rain tells me what it's like to drip off my attire. I tell the rain we are not so different after all the fighting that happened indoors. It was the panties, wasn't it? The family finds that I have contradicted myself. The family finds my closet, the one I I've kept in parentheses. I'm told that people don't need to see that stuff. I'm called transvestite, called crossdresser, called out pulled out of the closet where I keep my clothes. I'm not familiar with the lyric I. The lyric I walks up to me, shakes my hand, hugs me, helps me pull the skirt on, helps me, helps with my makeup, tells me what it's like to drip off my attire. That last line. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, a name replaced like a name, which, just to like start at the title, first of all, yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, very reminiscent of Neruda and then Kaminsky in some ways, which is like uh, the body oh, of the boy, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, he's referencing their Neruda and saying, um, originally, like, there is no, there is no uh, simile for this, right? He's refuting the mm-hmm. structure of the simile, so that's. One of the first things I thought about when I read this, but mostly just because I've been dunking on Alia Kaminsky too much. Um, <laughs> uh, Haven't we all? Just wait for my next oh, one. Oh, no, I know. I'm very excited for it. Uh, maybe you should read that. But um, I, Invoking the Rain. Uh, yeah. The This whole... And there's no stanza breaks here, but you know, this whole first half, we're in the rain. The rain's talking mm, to us. Mm-hmm. The the rain is the rain is talking to you. Um, mm. you're you're challenging the rain uh, to name you, kind of, or call you by your name, right? Yeah. Oh interesting reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was free association uh, but, uh, yeah and uh, uh, I, I again I had a friend last year who got who was very interested in the idea of uh, 
what uh, of of the the idea of singular and plurals in in the English language? Why is it that uh, grass, which is inherently plural, is always referred to as a singular thing, as a singular entity? Mm. And so you know. I think he'd written lines previously with the rain, and then over the summer, I got very interested in this idea, um, being, and uh, especially the way the 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 they functions here as like a both singular and plural instance of what the rain is. Absolutely, it contains and like, a lot. Yeah, one might say multitudes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, o- okay, Roy. <laughs> that was a Roy joke. <laughs> um, but uh, then to pull into the closet, right? Mm-hmm. The panties, yeah. the contradiction, yeah. the parentheses, which pulling parentheses Absolutely. into the closet. Uh, uh, drawing that contrast you know the closet which is a form of parentheses of course uh and the parentheses which always points to what's hidden absolutely uh, yeah or the the, the but, said but un unincluded or included like kind of uh russian doll within whatever the normal is a shell game if you will Nice, good reference. <laughs> More Roy jokes. Uh, yeah, he made that joke on Marx's poetry, I think. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was good. But I'm told that people don't need to see that stuff. Which, like, drawing against the parentheses that we were just talking about, what is said, what isn't said, right? What's implied but not yeah. said. The, the closet mm-hmm. is always implied. Right. Absolutely. You perform your closetedness as much as you do your openness. Oh yeah. Uh, at least that's what I immediately thought of. That. But um, oh, finally, you smash yeah. the lyric eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Walks up to me, shakes my hand, helps me put the skirt on, uh, helps with my makeup, tells me what it's like to drip off my attire. Drip off my attire. Also, what an end line. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very happy with that one. It just dri- <laughs> this mask I've been wearing just drips off me. Uh, yeah. 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 Incredible. Man, I'm glad you like that. <laughs> um, and the the dunking on the Lyra guy um, is interesting because I feel we're at a strange moment in the Lyra guy. <laughs> like kind of again what uh, what Roy and who was it? Was it you or? Or someone on Marx's poetry talked about like the sincerity of irony. I I think that might have been uh, Tren. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, the way that that podcast was really got me thinking of like you know the the kind of sincerity inherent in uh, a lot of the irony that we're engaged in, or like you know the cynicism. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of that is inherent in your set when we get to it. But, um, like, you know, this this really urgent, th- this urgency buried in, uh, or not buried in, but, like, intrinsic in the kind of, like, you know, 
uh, whether it's just like you know oh it's a tweet so it's inherently like you know part of this irony culture or like right. uh you, you know what i mean like th- that kind of thing and like yeah right how how do you signal to people that all of a sudden you are engaged in sincerity right oof yeah yeah how, how do you in this culture that we live in in this way that informs us how do you all of a sudden Oh, by the way, I'm for real now. Well, and yeah, the Lin Hygienian, and there's almost right. Uh, absolutely, Lin Hygienian was is behind a lot of this poem. Yeah, candor and clarity, the tension. Yeah, fuck. A lot of her, a lot of her um, essay, rejection of closure, really has stuck with me. Yeah, the, which is, I mean, also, also, she's written a lot about Gertrude Stein and repetition which is, I think, what makes me repeat so much in my work and, like, bring lines back with different emphasis, which is kind of what she does in my life, to bring lines out of... Con- she, has this, uh, she has this one essay, which is um, along comes something launched in context, and she constantly, like, will bring back different lines and saying that, like, you know, context is the only context, essentially, <laughs> of, like, you know, con- context makes everything. It informs, you know, all of our... Uh, readings of stuff like you know it's based on our con- uh, the context that we have for things um, and like you know so if you look at my life as like a collection of contexts or you know fragments of context um, it's really interesting that's totally separate from this but I just love Lynn <laughs> yeah of course the guy you're talking on Lynn um, <laughs> open that door it doesn't close but uh, <laughs> which I'm glad for but the uh, I guess what I'm interested in is in how to define the lyric guy, right? Mm-hmm. So if yeah, are what you is what are what is what you're pointing towards here? Uh, that specific sincerity. I think perhaps I think you know because we move in this poem from like different degrees of sincerity, a very like you know poetic sincerity uh, like capital p poetic to a kind of more like what i guess would be called confessional sincerity of like okay actual event and then Mm -hmm. uh to this kind of like analysis of it or like you know this uh i don't know if you'd call it surreal or like uh this movement that you know combines or like what's the fucking word i want not congeals but you know does something with all of that and like reevaluates it um and I, th- I think the, the kind of, the, the way that the language movement at least, like, you know, processed the I and, like, you know, in a lot of ways try to dismantle it is really interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the work that they did, like, especially Lynn's work with Arkady Dragomotion Girl, um, <laughs> which is interesting because they both work against one another in, like, Arkady was working in, like, you know, the, the Soviet context. He's like, you know, okay, I want to go towards this, you know, whether you'd call it the lyric eye or this, like, you know, type of expression that, you know, isn't totally available to, to my immediate context. And then Lynn is like, you know, I want to escape the lyric eye. Right. Um, yeah. What's interesting... I don't know. That doesn't answer anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't. It's a podcast. There are no answers. <laughs> but an, an old podcasting how, proverb. Yeah, 
uh, it's just one long ramble. But it's interesting to me, especially how a contrast emerges from the closet, or maybe not mm-hmm. uh, contrast, but there is some opposition between the closet mm-hmm. and the lyric eye. There's a tension that, or at least a movement from one to another. Um, Absolutely. Would about- you say like a kind of tension between like, I don't know if you call it the, the realism of whatever the lyric eye in the closet is doing versus like, you know, whatever the realism outside of the closet would be. I don't know if that's the move you wanted to make there or what. No, what I was, uh, what I was specifically talking about was in the text, the, in the structure of the poem, you go from the closet and once you come out of the closet, the lyric eye walks up to you and shakes your hand and hugs you. Um, mm. And I found that that was really mm-hmm. I- interesting in terms of just the way the poem moves. Uh, yeah. Because it's like all of a sudden, this lyric eye is you being able to just say what happened. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. I love that reading. <laughs> uh, am I close reading too hard? <laughs> no, I love it. Absolutely. Keep going. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. What would you like to read next? Uh, I've got, I think the only other one I have on Paint Bucket. So if there's anything in that document you want me to get to, I will absolutely. Uh, But this one is Proles Who Trampled the Paragraph, which is a work of what what is, at least the way it appears on Paint Bucket, is uh, virtual lineation. It's all just one, it's, I guess what, it's just prose with then virgules in it. and the title comes from one line in my Aunt's Toller translation, which is Pearls Who Trampled a Paragraph. And paragraphs, uh, which is kind of why I did this form in a paragraph, is uh, paragraphs in a lot of Toller's work, more specifically in the other work that I'm translating mm-hmm. now, are always this, like, you know, symbol of um, authority. It's like, you know, he, he refers to the wardens who, you know, write things down in paragraphs, who will record you into paragraphs. And uh, the, the proles trampling a paragraph is kind of like, it, it's really cool because it's like, you know, oh, a move towards verse mm-hmm. or lineation, which, which symbols like, you know, a breaking out of uh, hegemony of, of getting out of that hierarchy that is prose almost. Which is incredible. Yeah. Also yeah, interesting. No, I love that. It's it's such a cool move to think about that in terms of the way the inferrealists responded to move towards a novel by their leader uh, as a betrayal of their poetic movement, right? Oh shit! Yeah, I don't know too much about them, but everything I hear about the inferrealists is so new. Yeah, uh, KM just talked about that, and that mm-hmm. that was uh, I've been thinking about that a lot. In what ways moving towards narrative betrays poetry. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a lot of, like, Ron Solomon, <laughs> what he talks about. Yeah. So. All right. Pearls who trampled a paragraph. No, it was a grackle. Yes, I'm sure you can tell by looking at its tail. That says a lot about looking at something and knowing what it is, doesn't it? That one island off Norway where they're trying to abolish time. Nobody ages anymore. 
Souls slip out of their flesh suits and bodies fall as young as yesterday. Ink on the lip mistaken for blood. Could you imagine people living like animals, carefree? No, it is too much to. Instead, we, cog, we the cogs oil with sleep and let the machine do its thing. Summers annexed winter while we weren't looking for what will the poet eat for dinner, and here we are interested in manufacturing thunder. Refuge from the lyric flourish, the borders of the sky and its insomnia for knowledge. Observe this moment, how it confesses. The state body has entered ketosis and is beginning to break down its people. A blue jay dropped into my periphery and plucked a dragonfly from the air and ate it and carried on like a drone strike. From a wound, a cry, a new calendar of falling. I have not dreamt outside these corners. It is one in the morning. Listen, skunks are out there, somewhere, looting the dumpsters. Whew! <laughs> end on skunk hour uh the, hell yeah do you know that poem who is that by it's uh wow that... oh uh, I, I haven't read it in ages but yes uh that's funny um so uh, when you first published this i made a ashbury joke which i hope did not offend you um <laughs> oh of course not no but... i love ashbury it was like immediately uh, starting with the grackle was like yeah. such. What is a grackle? <laughs> a grackle is uh, a bird. Oh, it's I a didn't bird. know that. Um, yeah, I, it's it's specifically. I'm, let me fucking pull up the Wikipedia. It's like a, one one bird that like you know when you when it flies you can tell it's a grackle because of its like triangular tail or whatever. Ah, they've got very specific tail shape. Well, you can tell by looking at it. Uh, yeah, there you go. It says a lot. Uh, <laughs> but you, 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 you talk about both the abolition of time, the way that sleep oils the cogs, the, mm-hmm. and I'm paraphrasing here, but, um, oh, all of a sudden it's 1 a.m. Time becomes recurring uh, throughout this. What if we lived like animals who don't have time? Um, mm-hmm. What brought you to the obsession uh, with time? What made oh, you? Boy. Uh, what sparked <laughs> you on this one? Uh, in part because of this other research I've been doing for this fucking paper I want to write on the comparison between how time works in jazz and poetry. Mm. Uh, and I was reading a lot of Husserl who has this fucking mm. huge book of uh, in lectures on internal time consciousness. And so he talks about like uh, the way articulation has a necessary duration and like, you know, when you can never listen to a sound in its discreteness because it doesn't exist in discreteness, it always has duration. And so that's, that's been a huge thing that I've been like obsessed with lately. I have another poem I think I literally wrote, which is like a phenomenology of, uh, articulation and t- whatever the fuck I have no clue, <laughs> um, and uh, no. But so I've been I've been thinking about time like that for a long while now, and uh, but then more so like what's happening here. The like when I when I was reading about that island in Norway, I was just like, that's fucking awesome. Like, could you imagine? And terrifying to think like you know oh this calendar i'm so used to of like you know what organizes my daily life and you know gets me to do shit what if we just you know 
forgot about it, went back to, you know, when we didn't have clocks, um, you know, which sure is like a kind of, I guess, primitivism, which I didn't intend. It's more just like, um, I don't know, very much like, mm, like, fuck, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's interesting. Um, I was just talking to Roy yesterday. Uh, yeah. On Marxist Poetry Podcast. And he just also published a poem about time. I just yes, published a poem did. about time, time. Time, time, And you have this poem about time. <laughs> so I'll blame you for it. Uh, ridiculous I'll interrogations it. of time. Um, Absolutely. But the... The island off Norway is like... <laughs> <laughs> they just uh, they they slink out of their human suits or uh what what is it they they leave their bodies that it, there's so much to this about escaping um what's immediate or escaping what is immediate yeah. uh and, yeah and entering into what's immediate that i find fascinating um Oh, I also need to mention as like, you know, to cover my own ass here. I'm pretty sure I did not write ink on the lip mistaken for blood. I think that's out of Ron Solomon's Ketchak, but I oh. could not find it before I published this poem. So I wasn't sure if it was one of those things where I was like, did I write it? I mean, paint so I need to... retains no rights. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I had a similar thing that I'll talk More about so for my own sanity. That happened with somebody that... Oh about shit! Yeah. More detail. It didn't happen. It's something that didn't happen with somebody. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, investigations of time. I'm fascinated yeah. by. It. I think like people should stop writing poetry about things that aren't directly related to time and capitalism for a while. Hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, no, really. It's, a, it's it's insane. Yeah. Like that that goes back to the to the gesture of strength against repetition. Yeah. Of like, you know, us being and again to, to get to go over to Roy's poem for a minute, the the last stanza, which is if Einstein said time is relative, then why do I have to live my life by the boss's watch? And why is a watch called a watch? And why is that old clock tower a converted watchtower? Yeah. That fucking last line. Yeah. It's so good. The way time is like a literal fucking watchman looking down at us with the goddamn gun yeah uh it's terrifying the interaction between i mean the invention of time is for the measure of someone's <clears throat> money um and, yeah. And your, yeah 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 and your body is a money you moving through time in and hourly of itself. wage yeah mm -hmm. uh which used to be weekly absolutely terrifying and monthly and yeah the yeah. formation of wage mm -hmm. labor in and of itself mm -hmm. um I'm looking at a poem right now that is untitled in this work that just starts with languages cut down. Do you know which one I'm talking Ooh. about? Uh, I do. Let me pull up that document. That one has some lines in it that I'm not too uh, happy with, but I will absolutely read that if you want me to. I would really love Collected that. shit. Here we go. I've actually been working on like a more angry version of that poem <laughs> in in <laughs> in uh in light of recent events yeah i <laughs> yeah i'm all, uh, we endorse anger in this corner 
Oh, hell yeah. Uh, here we go. Languages cut down. They come in and take the trees so the words have nowhere to go. They burn the bark, toss away what can't be used to make their products and print their money. The onlookers resist even as their syntax is scraped off their tongues. The onlookers have, con have been converted into lookers as there is little left to look on. Most of the time these concerns, these concerns are disguised in altruistic philanthropy. I'm telling you this because it will come for us all. You think you're safe now, in your house of etymology. Sooner or later the loggers will come. They will introduce their terms for the trees. They will show you how they seduce the trees, how the verb fell sounds past and is present. You will have considered this as it is all being felled around you. Our tongues can do little against the already burnt topography. We breathe the names of the trees into them and are left with echoes, no location. These words are burnt echoes of the echoes. Ashes, ashes, we all fell down. Whew. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm going to need to take uh, that noise you make and just use it as a soundbite after every poem we read on here. <laughs> Go, go ahead. I would, I would be honored. Uh, if that's the way you, you, even if that's a roast, honestly. No, no. Oh my um, God. The, so this entire, and to be honest, I've read this twice before, so I'm not as familiar with yeah. the text as I'd like to be to ask questions about it. But, uh, just to start with the premise, language is cut down, and then this yeah. extended metaphor of the deforestation. How is it that you came to think of that metaphor? How did you build that metaphor out? Well, a lot of this has to... I've done a thread on Twitter about this before, uh, but a lot of this has to do with like it not being a metaphor, with this being like genuine... I mean, of course, it is a metaphor, but I mean it in, like, the most materialistic sense of, like, you know, oh, this is actually what's happening. Um, there is a book I read called Vanishing Voices by Daniel Nettle and Suzanne Romain. Uh, uh -huh. And it's a study, it's a study in biolinguistic diversity, um, which was a term that really changed the way I looked at a lot of the environment. Um, and it connects uh, the way, or it kind of it gives a really factual account for the fact that um, uh, indigenous people and uh, really rare languages in terms of like, you know, mass population of like, you know, uh, like when I say rare, I mean like not as many people speaking them as others, um, living in the most uh, biologically diverse areas on the planet and therefore being most intimately connected with the most biologically diverse areas on the planet. Um, and so it's actually really fucking eerie and cool. If you look at like the, the there's this, there's this, uh, what, what the fuck's it called? A graph, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> of, <laughs> there's this like graph of the earth and you know, it's you know, like whatever Mercator production or whatever. And there's this, uh, there's this, it, it shows, you know, where the most uh, bio biological diversity is. And you know, as you would expect, it's like essentially across the equator in you know, the most tropical places. Um, and then if you look at the most linguistic diversity, if you look at the same map before linguistic diversity, it's essentially the exact same location. 
Um, and this trend follows everywhere where you have more biological diversity, there are more languages present. And so as one could expect, as we are, you know, rapidly entering a climate catastrophe and, you know, we have only brought this upon ourselves, we are um, losing rapidly um, knowledges of, and, you know, peoples who live intimately with these environments as, you know, they are the environments and therefore their languages are, you know, stripped of each other. Um, and, you know, people are either forced to assimilate into surrounding cultures or, you know, uh, just are killed off altogether. And uh, it's, uh, I, I make this one example on Twitter where there was literally this logging company that came into uh, a village and, you know, these, they started cutting down these trees and the, the native women were like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? The, these trees literally cure cancer. You know, a sap from the bark is literally like so healing you have no idea. And the logging company was like, yeah, whatever. Well, we can't make money off that. So we're just going to burn it. Ugh. And it's like, it's like, this is, this is happening all the time. I mean, if you look at the Amazon right now, you know, the, the burning campaigns by the farmers and blatantly endorsed by the Bolsonaro government, it's like, you know, violence towards literal diversity and violence towards, you know, I, I don't even know what you can call it. I, I don't even have like a word for it. It's just, you know, incredible ignorance and hatred towards, you know, what is literally gonna, could save us all. Um, like the amount of quote unquote undiscovered, by undiscovered, I mean, you know, undiscovered in the West, therefore, you know, on yet as uh, what currently does not have, you know, a profit incentive to keep it safe, um, but, you know, plants and species of plants that like literally could, you know, cure so many people like just being burned down because uh whatever the fuck reason it's the end times etc i'm telling you this because it will come for us all you think you're safe now in your house of etymology right they're coming <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter that and oh yeah that's interesting it's also interesting to me to look out look at as a draft um and I'm sorry I made you read a draft. I would not want no, you to you're make good. me read a draft. Um, but <laughs> the the aspects of it that seem so built out to me make me wonder where you would want to take it. And if anger is it, that's I'm excited for that. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I submitted a, a, a revamp of this to uh, to Paint Plugin, so I hope that goes out. But like, really, the only thing I'm unhappy with is the the idea of altruistic philanthropy. I think I've become much less uh, tricked by that kind no of thinking. Thing. No, yeah. exactly. And so, so that's the one thing I want to get rid of here. Of like, you know, well, that's obviously not the case. Right. And um, uh, yeah. Yeah. That. Fuck. I'm very excited to see that when it goes up. James, publish it. Uh. <laughs> Publish no, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and it's you know it's it's tough having to. I, I hate that you know, we we write in the language of Imperium, but it's like, I don't know, how else can we convince the rest of Imperium that you know they're also fucking evil? Right, and then there's always a question of in what way when you're writing. And this is something that I've been trying to answer for after writing 
or reading Deaf Republic and thinking a lot about the um, kind of ways in which the universal we is mm. a fascist yeah, yeah, yeah. concept. But at yes, the same absolutely. time, trying to write about political issues and political action is incredibly difficult without utilizing it. Uh, so I was wondering yeah, specifically no, really how you approach that. Uh, I mean, I just think, you know, almost it comes out of a, a out of a sense of, you know, really unfortunate irony of like, you know, these people who are burning the Amazon don't realize they're literally like pulling the air out of their own throats. Um, and, you know, uh, like, if that isn't an incentive to make you stop hurting other people, I don't know what will be, you know? Yeah, I mean, the liberals think it's profit motive that'll stop them. But, yeah, which is yeah. absolutely insane. It's like profit motive is not going to matter in two years. Greenland's already gone. It's... Yeah, no, a lot of it, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, before we get too depressed to continue the rest of this podcast, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what would you like to read next? Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. I don't know, man. You have anything you want me to do? Um, I mean, those are, those are the poems I love. The Ernst Toller translations, okay. I'm still picking through. Um, okay, cool. And I've actually already I put up a reading of all those on Pearl's Yeah, Pond. I I I so that's I there. listened to that yesterday. Um, oh, sweet, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, um, what would you like, like to go do off. now? You want to start? You want to start wherever so, you want. Where sh- should I start in character limit? Uh, if you'd like, only because that is the only thing I've opened right now. Shit. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> um, I'm just worried about how long this is going to take. All right. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. It's going to be like 30. All right. You can also, so, you don't need to read every one. You can do, like, skip a few, whatever you want to okay. do. Uh, I'll just start reading and then we'll see. I'm reading this okay. off of Twitter right now. So just con- That's okay. That's where I am. <laughs> Context and introduction. I yep. have been live writing a chat book on Twitter in my pinned thread uh, that is contained within... Uh, each poem is contained within the character limit of Twitter. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, You can't write a poem that's longer than 280 characters. However, sometimes I've made poems talk to each other or return to a theme. Yes. Um, But I consider them each standalone poems. Uh, And when they're published, they're going to be published numbered the same way you do with sonnets. Awesome. Yeah, so this is the first one. Uh, Which, by the way, the other thing that's fun about this, I write at least one a day, if not more. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm on day 19. Um, I need to so, I need to ask before you go into it. How much editing goes into the process? Because like these are so like polished, and yet it seems like I, I can't tell if it's a polished thing or you just throw it up and are like, yeah, there you go. It really depends. I mean, some of them um, are lines that have been sitting in my drafts for 10 years. 
Um, okay, okay. Some of them incorporate those lines or explore that idea. And I'm basically just okay. rewriting the idea, like a poem that I'll get to later. Uh, the architects, the the poem about yes. architects is me finally breaking through on a poem that I've been writing for my whole life. Um, oh, fuck yeah. And that happened in the Twitter box. But others like uh, Young, Dumb and Full of Cum Amidst the Sixth Extinction uh, <laughs> was... Me basically just, which honestly is a is a perfect alternative title for this collection, <laughs> uh, was me just breaking off the pieces I like the most from that poem and saying "fuck the rest," uh, which you have to do in the character limit, which is why I love the character limit so much. But yeah. how I learned to uh, stop worrying and love the character limit. Uh, <laughs> so I think I'll start. Uh, this is the first one. The boss says, thanks for all your help. I say, thank me with your wallet. The wallet says, you are worth one one hundredth of an iPhone per hour. This news makes me finally a person. Fuck. Oh my God. Do you want to, should I, should I stop you after each one? What do you want to do? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah, I a lot of these I think uh, specifically towards the beginning, at least as far as I remember. I don't know how much but the recent ones do this are written in this uh, interesting syllogistic form of like you know X says and Y says and Z says and then I realize, which I really like. And also, the, the fucking ending of this is brutal. <laughs> can, you, can you talk to us as to why, as to why the news of the, the worth of... <laughs> uh, as to why the wallet delivering you that news of your worth makes you a person in this context, which, I mean, is pretty apparent, but I just, I'd love to hear you talk about it. So, I guess this is a poem I've wanted to write my whole life. Yeah. Um, in that the experience of receiving wage labor for the first time or mm. receiving a wage mm. for the first time and mm. then people celebrating that seems like the most demonic <laughs> satanic cult type yeah uh, yeah weird thing like you get a job you work a job people are like oh my god and it's like yeah <laughs> killing myself isn't that great um yeah yeah, so yeah. I, I find it in incredibly disturbing but also uh mcm and uh just this notion that through the wage we are transubstantiated into commodities or pieces of commodities we are made equal to pieces yeah. of commodities to me is where yeah. capitalism reveals itself uh and mm -hmm. i kind of tried to flip that um by saying mm. Uh, under, you know, essentially under capitalism, you're not a person unless you've been transformed into a commodity first. Um, Fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that was and it. Terrifying. And I, I, I was, when I wrote this, I was shocked I pulled it off uh, because it feels like the kind of poem you need maybe a page or two for. <laughs> 
but yeah uh, no that, i mean that's that's the experience of a lot of these poems it's like you do these in the length of a tweet yeah and frankly the reason i started doing these i was talking to tegan uh uh, and sh she was like, I was like, listen, I just can't write a short poem to save my life. <laughs> well, and then I was like, I might just start tweeting them. That's actually, it's really interesting you say that because one of my uh, teachers a year or two ago was literally like, you know, had the same predicament of like, you know, I've never been able to write short poems, you know don't know why, whatever, it's always been a thing, until I got a, sh a small notebook. And then, you know, the, the constraints of the page forced me to condense. Right. Which is uh, kind of what's happening here. Well, what I always thought about was with Maggie Nelson's Bluettes, which is on every co college campus, and uh, you should read this list, but it's still near and dear to my heart, because I was heartbroken <laughs> when I read it. It's yeah. like 20. But... Yeah. Uh, the micro essay and the micro poem have always fascinated me because mm. I just can't believe that people do them. Um, yeah. And now I'm just doing them. <laughs> yeah. And they're fucking great. Uh, so, uh, should I read the next one? Yeah, please. Okay. If I wrote Red Epic, it would be all like, I catastrophize this, I catastrophize that. In short, the enemy. I am a class traitor unto myself. If the register really made that MIA sound, I would have worked the register forever. Fuck. Damn, okay. I am a class traitor unto myself is such a line. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but... <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I had just been reading Red Epic by uh, Joshua Clover, which the first line refers to. Um, he has a line in there that says, uh, if lunch poems was written by the future, mm. it would be all like, I communize this, I communize that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah <laughs> while i like some of joshua clover's work yeah. he also then goes on to talk about how like during occupy um or like proto-occupy uh mm. mia was on the radio and there was like mia bun b remix and like mia dfa remix and uh paper planes the song paper planes and what I immediately thought about was just all of the ways in which I feel a different class relationship to both of those things. Um, Interesting, yeah. I don't feel like if I wrote lunch poems, it would be, you know, I communize mm -hmm. this, I communize that. Because I don't see that in my life. What I do see is the left yeah. catastrophizing everything. Um, Absolutely. And... And I mean, I, the the comparison to lunch poems is interesting because you know that that is it's not written on stolen time; it's written on you know breaks, lunch breaks. Right, right, um, and not yeah. tenure. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I hope if Joshua Clover ever does read that, he's not offended because I am a fan <laughs> of some of his work. Yeah, but just that specific thing caught me, and I was like, okay. Uh, 
That's interesting. We need to have a conversation about <laughs> this. Um, but also, yeah, you uh, being in the working class and submitting to uh, wage labor and then also having consciousness is <laughs> feels as though you are a class trader under yourself because you know and even making oh, more money, totally the more money it's you this, make it's this incredibly dissociated process right and i tried i, I found that in my the first poem i published at paint bucket five minute break while mm -hmm. i was mm -hmm almost using the lyric I and doing these things to express that feeling, I still felt yeah. like I didn't get it yet because I do, I have disassociative panic attacks and to be yeah. really honest about how that feels again, candor and clarity are not the same thing. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I mean to, to give an, uh, what, what's the word fucking when an anecdote, there we go. Wow. I'm really having a day. <laughs> Where no worries. Uh, I I was working the I was work, I was a cash register person whatever cashier uh, last summer at a supermarket or whatever, and uh, you know that process of dealing with customers you know having a fucking smile and shit, uh, and you know mm. trying to write poems in this little tiny notebook I kept in my wherever I could uh, was interesting. But then it was like every now and again I would be taken into the back essentially and be told like you know okay fill up these bags with ice you know load them or whatever and you know they told me if there's like you know oh say like you know it's the machine stops making ice or whatever just you know shove the shovel up into the top of the thing and then you know some ice will come down or whatever uh, and that happened to me one uh, that that happened at one point and you know i shoved the shovel up there and then an entire like block of ice that was like being made or whatever fell like onto my arms and like cut me all up and shit and i was like bleeding and i went you to got my by manager the tray. matilda i did damn <laughs> I, you have no so idea I got how many times i've stuck my head inside of those and bleached them for hours upon hours oh uh, yeah it's fucking terrible but like the the going to my manager and being like them being like you know Oh, you know, just go in the bathroom, clean up, and get back on the register, or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, I forgot. I forgot I wasn't a person, you know? Right. There's that's the experience of work. Uh, and yeah. Um, later, I fuck with Philip Levine a little bit and say, or Levine, and say, you know what a kiss is. Because I always thought in that <laughs> poem where he says, you know what work is. I, I would like us mm. to be a little bit more clear because I don't think everyone does know. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, w would you like another? <laughs> yeah, please, please, go on. Um, and we don't have to go into as much detail, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, it's up to you, but... Um, don't you just love credit scores? There's nothing like the feeling of your first outstanding emergency room bill going into collections. The news tells me Equifax owes me a check it can't afford to pay. <laughs> Fuck. I love these. So this this almost has like the uh the structure of like a joke, setting up a joke. Which is really interesting. Yeah, I mean I can almost hear you reading these as like like at a comic comedy show. That yeah, the first few start that way and then I pretty quickly abandon. Yeah. That. Um 
because yeah. I, I felt like I was just redoing the same thing uh, and kind of mm. using the line breaks as like these punchline scenarios, which isn't always the way I like to use line breaks. I'd rather them recontextualize mm -hmm. each phrase. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but mm. yeah, I, I thought, I think the first time I tweeted this, it was a joke, but I, without the yeah. last three lines. And then once the Equifax oh, thing okay. happened and I applied for that, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is not a joke. <laughs> this is a poem. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. Uh, this one is close to my heart. A, a lot of the ones that people haven't seemed to love as much are the ones I like. Them. So, um, <laughs> well, let's definitely talk about that then. Yeah. Uh, this one is... It goes like this. So, grinding taught us in the cafeteria what money was. Lunch cards overdrawn. Trades made by hand over fist. Deadlines. Sudden outbursts. Early insurrections. It was like this. Knuckles needed lunch tables into music. Lunch tables paid knuckles and bruises. Ooh. Yeah. Those last four lines. Or six, fuck. <laughs> the whole thing. You can't just be like, the, the, I love that these flow so, in, so well into each line. That like, it's really hard to look at just like a piece of it. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad but you the, said that. Yeah. No, and it's like, you know, of course we have to because it's impossible to like look at uh a poem in its entirety so we do have to like look at it in sections but like the the way your enjambment functions is really like you know making making the poem more narrow than it is uh wide and so you know really bringing us to deal with the whole thing mm. man okay so talk to me about this one so grinding is a song by eclipse uh which was probably the number one song in america or not america just the part of america i live in um for mm. like two years but probably when i was in the fourth grade so like 2000 <laughs> uh and it's just like this giant beat uh yeah grinding shining you know what i keep in line um and that the thing was, it was the age where you learned, where everybody I went to school with learned that they were obsessed with and loved hip hop. Um, yeah. And not only that, but that with the bone of your wrist and your knuckles, you could reproduce yes. any song that was on the radio. And so yeah. we would stop classes. <laughs> like, we would literally, I mean, like, insurrection we would stop the teacher from being able to talk with our oh. fists banging against yeah. the um holy shit banging against the lift lid desks which had such yeah. a wonderful echo <laughs> yeah. but uh the but at the same time you know these were very confined incidents and disciplined heavily so it wasn't exactly like no of course um, this is a really same time, interesting like, moment in the set of like this sincerity coming in. Yeah, you know? 
I'm, yeah. I, I wanted to ask, by the way, you're keeping, are you keeping the original order of these in which you wrote them? In the I think channel? I have to. It, it feels wrong to me if I don't. Um, yeah. It feels like I'll be lying if I reorder them. What do you think? <laughs> Why do you ask? Uh, only because I, I just think it's interesting to see how, you know, the, the kind of dialogue you're in with yourself and kind of what, uh, what, like, you know, one day's poem makes you write the next day in terms of, like, what you are... I, I don't know, like the sways of sincerity and, you know, uh, whatever the opposite of that would be or like whatever a cynicism would be then. Yeah, I mean, this was what I, earlier you asked me if I was talking about this with Roy on Marxist poetry, and I think I was. We're like, we don't yeah. know what our aesthetic is yet, right? Because yeah, we don't yeah, yeah. know, we're irony poisoned, but we're like post irony poisoned, but we yeah, still it's have really it. we don't trust strange. the lyric yet. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah. my my resolution to that is just to write uh, <laughs> and see what happens. Good resolution. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll read. I'll just keep reading, if that's cool with you. Okay. Yeah, please. If you had only told me that Praxis was refusing to work, I would have come around a lot sooner. All that time in the crypt of the 18-hour shift, watching the houses burn, watching the block flip. I just needed to sit still and say no to what was killing me. Oh. Bartleby, man. I love this one so much. Because <laughs> it starts off in the kind of, uh, like I hear you in conversation with the, the Praxis meme girl yeah on one end of it and then also then you move into again the the sincerity of you know the the thing that's killing me is you know subjecting myself to this because it's what i quote unquote have to yeah i mean watching the houses burn watching the block flip yeah i sent you the draft that that phrase was originally in and i thought that it would be interesting to try it out here um, yeah, and I think it worked uh, because this feeling of there's like this tension between when you hear people talk about theory mm. and how simple mm. it seems, but then how complex the violence that you're, you know, subjected to is. Um, yeah. And gentrification comes up more and more in these poems, but at first I think I was just dipping my toe in to express it because my neighborhood has been completely redesigned. Um, Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And, yeah, part of it is like, oh, it's really that simple? Is it? But also, yeah, Mm. it kind of is. Mm. Like, trying to come to terms with that argument. I mean, that's literally, you know, the general strike that we want to happen so bad is literally just convincing people to not do the thing that they think they have to do, you know? Right. Um, but the problem, like, the problem with that is we don't know what will yeah. happen if we do that, right? No, of course. Um, of course. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we were talking about praxis. It is. It does feel that easy, right? But at the same time, it feels like... Um, we don't really know what the consequences will be if we do engage in action like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
when we talk to working people about these things, it can feel oftentimes like we've, uh, it can feel like practice girl, you know? No, totally. And, it, you know, it's like, you know, do you hear how privileged you sound right now right. of like thinking you can just stop working? And it's like, no, I get that. It's just like, you know, fuck. Yeah. But if it all got better. So I'm going to cut through these. Uh, maybe a few at a time. I don't know. It's hard, right? But uh, Yeah, yeah. So the dining room table, I flunked algebra on five times. I transubstantiated into moolah. The highest bidder picked it up in a blue vintage pickup truck. I transubstantiated my five heatless winners into flight. The flight of pigeons in the chimney stayed behind. Um, and then this next one, when I said I was going to a protest, I'd meant I was going to stuff a sock in my mouth that had been soaked in kerosene with some class traders of a similar Spotify. Modest mouth could be heard as the party cleared out. Oof. I put my pants on, same as anyone else by turning my body into coin. I've been living for five Neo-Neros. You can have it all, my empire, fuck. Just join a mullet union. You know, business in the front, the party in the back. Fuck it, mask on. <laughs> you know what a kiss is. $3.99 browns from the couch. The slow march to birdsong and blue-gray sky all around. The spoonful of peanut butter years. The day is Philip Seymour Hoffman died. One day you wake up and everything is the same. A smattering of charcuterie enthusiasts convinced us our economy could run on cured hops and wheat. Now the whole town got the gout. The mayor got the gift of glut. The night glimmers with a sheen of doubt. We learn how to slalom towards rock bottom. So this next one, I have an anxiety disorder in regard to the check cashing line at midnight. Five blocks of highway exit is a clear enough sign. Bifurcate my neighborhood with an interstate spine. Wilbur Wright made flight a hotline. Robert Moses made it our century's song. The leaving is long. I fucking love that. <laughs> Streetlights come on, churches tear down, spotlight lit bell tower bears down. Bandos spelunked, pain link kissed pant cuffs, sycamore swayed to the buzzsaw song. That summer, your mom found a brick in the alley and told no one. By the time fall came... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. By the, Read this one. I'll, I'll ask you after. What'd you say? I just had a question, but I'll ask you after this one. Go ahead. I just wanted to ask. I, it's interesting that you start flirting with rhyme in some of these. I don't think I've ever written poetry where I didn't. Uh, 
Okay, interesting, yeah. I mean, if you look at Five Minute Break, which I'm refusing to read for some reason, <laughs> and, and yeah. Pride both have the ghost of rhyme in them, off rhyme. Yeah. I just listened, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I grew up listening to a ton of hip-hop, and my first real exposure to poetry was after, like, Poe and Whitman and Slam. That was it, right? Like, yeah. That's, yeah, in the yeah. 90s, like, what I found, Slam uses rhyme in really interesting ways, and also, um, re- it, like, imitates rhyme in breath control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes. presses, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think that's where I get attracted to it, but, um, yeah, I love rhyme. I think that people who don't like rhyme have, like, I think it's an interesting conversation to have, right? <laughs> How do you feel Absolutely. About it? I have always been a fan of it, only, like, I don't, I think, use a ton of it uh, overtly, and, like, you know, in terms of end rhyme, I've always been a fan of internal rhyme, and more, like, um, I've always been attracted to, like, sonority of words, and, like, uh, similar-sounding words, and, like, not necessarily alliteration, but um, the way similarly sonorous words kind of bounce off of each other and the way meaning connects that yeah and i'm always a fan of if you can have sound and meaning all at once why wouldn't you yeah 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 exactly why are you picking one uh yeah and it it also like i always think of memorizing the poems that rhymed growing up or memorizing Mm -hmm. rhymes Mm -hmm. because they're so striking i think it's an effective way to reproduce poetry in people um Oh, totally. So, yeah. so I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, please, please, um, please. By the by, the time fall came, you had four children. We met in the school supply line, church basement, and ambiance. Sewer main under God's house. Plastic tablecloth stretched on a roller. Lines in the marble floor where the pews were. The night grew thin with patience. We all wanted... Uh, this one this one is one of those ones that, that, like, the next one after this that I love a lot, but, like, clearly did not communicate. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I think is interesting. Or, like, even being able to think that yeah. is a weird yeah. thing. Um, yeah. But this is just, like, a very... This is just memory, right? Mm-hmm. Alley in parking lot backyard, day after fourth. Bat's wings seared and tattered by firecrackers. Handball until sunburnt. Commons be on leaked on LimeWire. Stole fake Jordans from Unique Thrift and bought CDRs. Three bikes disappeared that birth weekend sequentially. It wasn't that they weren't locked. It was that a lock was a game that everyone knew how to play. Our landlord was the champion of locks, the keeper of keys, the laziest of burglars. When they tried to evict, it was because we turned off the bank cards they had taken. That might be the only poem in the set where I break my rule. 
I think that they work. It's interesting. No, they absolutely do. They absolutely do. And I mean, even if you have to like engage in a kind of like Ashbarian it to make that work. Right. You know, I think it still absolutely functions alone and in conversation. I, I was wondering if I should. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to do that when I format the book, but we'll, we'll find yeah, you out. Could do, <laughs> you could do something funny of like the, uh, you know how people will break up uh, tweets in a thread by putting like slash one slash two? Oh, that would be interesting. That um, might be neat. I don't know if it would work because they're I, already numbered. I'm just afraid of admitting I broke the only rule I set up for my... <laughs> Uh, I mean, maybe even having them on, like, facing pages could be good. Yeah. Do whatever <laughs> you want. Um, so, yeah, all architects are torture technicians, execute the block with a couple of aggressive angles, interrogate the canopy with plywood, finish it with high-rise roof decks, the swing set where I bit my lip through my... where I bit my... through my lip paved for elite parking all architects love erasure poem i know the riot isn't coming because the boss says a riot is coming the revolt ghosts us can't hear it over the sprawl the city is occupied by convention the jersey barrier sets the scene this is what a police state looks like it becomes an Instagram relation. Owners are cracking down, re waning popularity. A hundred dollars to make between now and midnight if I play it right. Good news is another dead billionaire. Bad news, his money's a zombie that's burning the rainforest. Good news, we all know how to kill zombies. Bad news, we're scared too. Fuck yes. Um, I think I'm going to skip microscopic trespasses. Okay. Uh, I'll do, of course, though. Of, of course I slept in the bus stop that New Year's Eve. Of course there was blood on the hood of my Civic the day after Halloween. Of course I broke my hand after nine shots and ten beers. Of course I knew I had to give it up. Of course six years is not enough. Um, so this is the one you're really rooting for. That's where we're at now. <laughs> and I'm on my front porch now, so I don't have uh, the protection. But I'll, <laughs> I'll go through it. <laughs> to bow to the blade, to, bed to, to beg to be paid, to watch the burning river braid, to be grateful for these pleasures at the end of the Anthropocene era, to watch the sky shred like the dinosaurs did into a panoply of freckles and obsolete terror. Somebody's walking by right now. Um, no, oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Just don't want to disturb them. Uh, so, <laughs> to be 21 and under, employed at the beginning of the end times, to be another dunce dancing on the edge of credit, to be four degrees of separation from the coming insurrection, to be forgive us, young, dumb, and full of cum amidst the sixth extinction. Oh, yeah. I like. I don't know how every line in that poem is doing what it's doing. 
<laughs> but it's good. It's like, um, oh man. Go ahead. Like you know what? You no. Like, like you know what a poem is just like you know. Every everything that's happening in it is like absolutely crucial to it. Could you that's fucking, tell that's me more this. about that? Just for my ego's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, uh, fuck. I mean, first of all, the, to be another dunce dancing on the edge of credit is incredible. And I, like, having come across that line again, I don't think that one was what stuck with me in the first reading. Yeah. <laughs> but now I just, I love that. That's... So, I stole that. Um, oh, really? I didn't really, I didn't steal it. I... Yeah. So in Michael Robbins' Gunter Glieben Glauschengloben, he has a line that says, uh, Miguel Hernandez, did you know there's a darkness on the edge of credit? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I took that edge of credit idea yeah. from that line. Um, Fuck, I love that. Yeah, but Dunst Dancing seemed really fun to yeah. me. Also, the joke that he's making is a Bruce Springsteen joke in that line. Uh, oh, I was okay. thinking about Dancing in the Dark. So, mm-hmm. Darkness on the Edge of Town, Dancing in the Dark, yeah, Dancing on the Edge of Credit. Um, and yeah. I mean, I think now is a good enough time as ever to get into your beef with Kaminsky. <laughs> Oh, we have to do that. I mean, if if we want to, do you wanna? So. You don't need to. You don't need to. I mean, I've done That's it. Elsewhere. You know, it's a played out bit, but it is. Yeah, I really don't like the poems that Leah Kaminsky has published. I think I wouldn't be so mad about it if it wasn't so institutionally backed and used as a form of propaganda. Uh, yeah. Did I tell you I, I actually read it in my college and I got to fucking yeah. read them? Do you know their pronouns? Fucking... I should bone up on those. Kaminsky? Yeah. I think I he uses he thought it pronouns. was he him. Okay, cool. I'll double check. Uh, I thought I just heard you say it. It doesn't say. Oh, no, no. Okay. Um, that's why I asked. Uh, but anyways, back to Roast. Um, yeah, Aaliyah writes poems that I don't think are good, that have some really gross male gaze, that use black people's bodies and their death as, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, what he Device. does in the, uh, what he does in that, like, end poem in Deaf Republic really feels to me, like, almost as bad, if not, uh, I don't know if I'd say worse, but as bad as what Kenneth Goldsmith did mm. with uh, Mike Brown's, uh, what was it, autopsy? Are you aware of that? Right. What happened there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, and... I don't know, y- using... It's such an appropriation of that event that I was like, I, I, I like, I understand, you know, the, the falling apart of simile and I get that function, but it's like, ah, I don't know. It's very strange. Right. And the other aspect of it is the commodification of these deaths through the news cycle and media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the commodification of them into these public poems. Right, so now all of a sudden this is a public issue that somehow affects Aaliyah Kaminsky. But yeah. he doesn't talk at all about the positionality of his whiteness directly contributing no, to that no. person's death. And also... And he doesn't even mention race in that poem at all. Or Mike Brown. Or 
Nope. Or the children he's naming, or Philando Castile. Like, there's this aspect to it that yeah. is, you know, it, the whole concept of writing these poems like this that I'm kind of trying to refute in this poem, but I think mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons it didn't get accepted where I submitted it is because it I don't make it clear enough that this is a refutation. Um, which mm. is why I ended up tweeting it because I was like, all right, I'll just, I like these lines. These are the ones that go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that that We Forgive Us Lived Happily During the War is about a, identifying a class positionality that has power over what happens in a so-called liberal democracy. And I think that... yeah that is not true of me or where I come from or the people that I know, we do not have power. And absolutely. And the, 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 the forgive us, the wanting to be forgived. It's like, you know, we don't, whoever the rest of we is doesn't have to, you know, you're including us in your we, but it's like, I don't, I don't know if we're in that, my friend. Right. I was, uh, the poet Patera Kaluli, um, I've never, yeah, I've yeah. never heard uh, their name spoken out loud, so I apologize if I misspelled it, but or mispronounced it. But point being, uh, we were talking, and um, they sent me this uh, <laughs> uh, Derrida quote uh, about forgiveness in relation to positioning oneself next to Christ. And the oh, messianic, messianic relationship inherent in that transaction of forgiveness, which obviously, like, yeah. it's a hyper Christian concept, though I know Olya Kaminsky is Jewish. It's still like this very incredibly um, That's question, something to question when. And I was trying to get through this on the Marxist Poetry podcast, but like, this notion that you're yeah. aligning yourself with power by saying you have it mm -hmm. and then asking for forgiveness for abusing it does not seem to, yeah. to be very interesting in terms of a radical text. And in fact, seems to be a reactionary text. Um, Absolutely. And the fact that he's been kind of, you know, picked up by quote, whatever, whatever resistance poetry is in the institution is really telling of like, you know, who they are and what their interests represent. Yeah, and I mean, these literary institutions want to preserve their brands, and so they publish it yeah. like this. But um, Isabel brought up really interesting stuff. Is I was going to say, have you sent that quote to Isabel? Because I know she wants to do like writing like that. Um, wait, what do you mean? Have you sent the Derrida quote to her? Uh, to which Isabel? There, multiple there are multiple Isabels. There's Isabel Ray McKenzie and there's Isabel Bess. Oh, I'm thinking Isabel Bess. Uh, okay, Sorry. cool. So no, I hadn't, but Isabel brought up in the chat specifically the patriarchal structure of the family in that uh, mm. poem and how it brings up this notion of protecting against otherness, uh, this otherized yeah. inva invading force or occupying force, which I don't mm. know, like I'm still trying to figure out what I think about that. Like, I don't know if I'm entirely there. Um, yeah. But it being frameworked inside of the patriarchal, like nuclear family unit. Oh, absolutely. Does present this hyper contrast. However, I will say there isn't an other 
named that refutes that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the text. Yeah. Itself. So I, I, I feel like a little bit like, um, I don't know, unsure about that one. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is the other the occupying force or? That was what Isabel seemed to be saying, though yeah. I felt like the other doesn't contradict in any way or yeah i was gonna say i mean especially if you're you know aligning with the other the how how other is the other in that sense right interesting so yeah. uh those are my kaminsky thoughts um nice but sorry, I also really sorry like it's trigger the <laughs> yeah trauma of kaminsky yeah uh <laughs> But I, one thing I'm proud of in this poem a lot is to bow to the blade, to be, to beg, to be paid, to watch the burning river yes. blade. Um, when we were so talking about rhyme beautiful. earlier, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I like. So that's fantastic. Um, and I don't. I've kind of. I'm not as excited about the end line as I was when I wrote it, uh, mm-hmm. but you know. That's how it be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's more rhyme coming, if you'd like it. Hell yeah, go for it. I stayed behind and watched the city stay the city. It's mirage of cafes and bike lanes retrofitting our fight landscape. It's prettier for sure in spots the invisible hands having turned the block over. Little change. Rhododendron-complected dusk still bleeds just like us. Um, and that end line is me referencing Biggie in a way I probably don't know if I should, but I did. Um, oh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, and I can't say the title of that um, uh, song, but uh, oh. that's what I'm... I'm not really referencing as much as I'm repurposing the phrase and thinking about Mm -hmm. how, uh, you know, they can change everything on earth, but they can't change Mm -hmm. the sky. Although to some extent they can change the sky because as I say later, they own the sky. So I don't know. I'm Mm -hmm. always arguing with with myself in these. (laughs) It's it's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad. Um, so I'm just trying to count out how many I have less left. I have so many left. Yeah, that's three, four, five. Um, I think nine. All right, I'm gonna skip to citizen of the year. Okay. They replace single-family homes with fully militarized homeless patrols. When the house caught fire, I grabbed Shorty, the house painter, and he pulled that old man out. He went to prison for 10 years a few weeks later. He got a plaque from the mayor, Citizen of the Year. Um, that's a real life, real life story, 2005. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to skip the birthdays one. Okay. Those days, it was easier to imagine the end of capitalism than getting sober. The tables have burned in turns. The bridge, the water lifted. 
the instinct to forgive has been forgiven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive nobody. All property is theft. <laughs> um, this opening line, I kind of mishmash steal from Michael Robbins again. Uh, and I'll explain okay. that. Um, but the weather these days goes by many names. Virgo, Sayonara, Billionaire. You can feel it in the air. It's the fall that's going to kill us. Maybe I am seasonally affected disorder. Maybe the sky is a buffet that is open all night. Maybe it's nobody's sky. JK, we know who owns it. Oh. Love that one. Yeah. So uh, that opening line in self titled, I think Michael Robbins says, I go by many names, Buju Banton, New York Times, Camel Light. And then mm -hmm. he also, in another poem, steals from Frederick Seidel and says, The seasons rearrange themselves. Uh, winter, winter, Google fall. Um, mm, so yeah. that's my little, you know. <laughs> I'm excited to read Robbins. I got, I think, Alien vs. Predator after you talked about him on Mark's Poetry. You read it? No, I, I just have it now. Now and now the semester's beginning and I'm drowning right. in work, but I'm excited to read it. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. It was probably it was the first like contemporary poetry I picked up that kind of got me super excited. Um, I think that yeah. there's like huge limits on the strategy or style that he uh, executes, and the second mm -hmm. he came up against those limits, he abandoned it. And so his next book is like totally oh, okay. different, but. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was just one of those things that kind of gave me a roadmap. Um, mm -hmm. But are you okay if I read Hairline Approaches Recession? Yeah. Yeah, please do. Cool. This is my time poem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, the day I wrote this, I got my head shaved bald. So. Fantastic. Hairline Approaches Recession. The state walks away and says coolly, I've got your number, pal, and other assorted issues with losing your hair. It can be yesterday's headquarters for revolutionary activities and tomorrow's pleasurable cold, blue, cold brew front. It can be Scandinavian white and wood peeling out your scalp in clumps or before that when it sprouted suddenly. This world system affect seems like the problem of another sort class to sort out. These long investigations into the color of midnight can't seem to tell me what time it is, but we both know y'all have given up on clocks, them having been chained, chained to liminal, chained the liminal to mathematics, which contains no thisness, so must be our enemy, thisness such as day breaking on the workman cottages of my reprobate youth in a shiny new decade of real estate speculation and colonial refurbishment shiny old decade on its second wind i suppose i'm writing from my third wind third rail third shift mind among my cohort the sun haunts us temporality and insomnia interplay 
The boss put the bags under your eyes so you couldn't see the clock. Back to hair loss. In a way, the night takes the hair too, bit by bit, until one day, like Jeb Bush, your face becomes the ghost mask of your father. Accident after hereditary accident. What's the difference between self-immolation and political art? Are we not wasting the theater on our so-called selves, which is still, in my mind, an unproven phenomena, ourselves wasting in theater respectively? I'd like to do to the state and capital what winter does to sycamore's trees. I'm sorry, I forgot to say, this is a love poem. Okay, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Shit, all right, I have some questions, if you don't mind. Please go off, yes. Okay, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm going back to the beginning um, and to just comment on, like, these long investigations into the color of midnight can't seem to tell me what time is. I don't even know what to say other than hell yes. And then I wanted to ask if the term thisness came from another text or if that's you. Thisness, so thisness is, um, I'm not going to pronounce it right. Thisness is the Joshua Clover poem, Heasticity. That's what okay. that word means in Latin, but there is no English word gotcha. for it. So, okay. Okay. Um, what I was, yeah, that's what I'll say. Cool. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm a thief. Like, I want to make that clear. I don't believe in property, so. That's absolutely fine. I think we're all there. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, and then I wanted to ask, uh, oh, fuck. The, the line, okay, again, I'm just going to read it because that's all I can do at this point. I'd like to do what the state and capital, I'd like to do to the state and capital what winter does to sycamore trees. Yeah. Uh, so that's Neruda, right? Is it? I, I'm not familiar with Neruda, so uh, please enlighten me. <laughs> I would like to do to you what spring does to cherry blossoms. Oh fuck! Okay, which is fame, 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 famous love poem. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was listening to Cam talk about how we interpret. You know, Americans know Neruda's love poems and not his communist texts. Not his communist work, right. yeah. Um, but also, I, was, I guess I'm interested in love poems to the revolution and how that operates. And then also how we kind of butt up against yeah. the limits of that, which I try to explore throughout this. That's actually a fantastic point, because I, I mean... In a lot of ways, that, that's a lot of what Paintbug has been collecting. And just like, you know, our, our cohort, if you don't mind me using that, yeah. has, been, has been, you know, writing a lot of these kind of love poems to uh, the, the futures we'd like to see or these movements that we are hoping to move towards. Right. And, you know, a lot of us, like you, are working towards that, literally. And like, you know, whether it's your jobs outside of these poems or in these poems itself yeah so i guess i try to think about it like part of why i write is because it's the only place i can be totally honest um yeah yeah your job is to work for a political organization 
it is neither in your interest nor the organization's interest to be honest all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of like being on Rumspringer. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and so if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to talk about or try to figure out what's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's that. Uh, Is this poem going to appear in character limit, by the way? I think I'm going to keep the paint bucket ones out and then put them in a longer thing okay. just to keep like gotcha. the logic of the book together. Yeah. 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 Also, I just really like the idea of selling tweets. Um, <laughs> but isn't that what drill did? Yeah, he did. And yeah, the idea of like, I tweeted <laughs> maybe between one and three times a day for 30 days. And now yeah. I'm selling you those things for, ten dollars it's so funny to me <laughs> listen it's a it's a hustle what can i say right i mean if modern poetry has taught us anything um oh absolutely. it's probably only taught us that uh also if there's anything i've learned from like putting up my my translation for free essentially with like the option to donate it's like we are all much more willing to support each other than like the institutionalized poetry scene oh and it's really sure. lovely for sure. I like I fucking love it. Yeah. Very thankful to be a part of that. Absolutely. Um So I guess there's four left if you're cool with me reading them off. Please, please do. I I can't believe we got through all of them. That's wild. I know. Um whoever's listening to this, if you're still listening to this, that's ridiculous. Uh <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what I that's what I said at the end of uh the German section of my episode where I was like, if you really listen to this, like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, I, I don't know who this is for. <laughs> right. Uh, it's probably like the only unstoller uh, uh, scholar uh, <laughs> writing up a cease and desist. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the guy whose translation I was shitting on. Right. <laughs> um, so, there are few, if any, excuses to live this way. You got me. I'm talking about addiction again. I meant to say capitalism. I'd meant to say sprawl. I'd meant to say sorry for that night, that November, when all I'd talked about was drone. I'd explain, but there's no time. Th that was my first pointing towards the character limit I've done, and I'm really glad for it. I should have done it That's sooner. That's so fucking good. I, I'm, gl I'm uh, glad it comes towards the end. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I might do maybe, like, I might write for one more day and then just yeah. end it. Tomorrow might be the day I end character limit, but I, I might can. I might find my limit. Um, <laughs> so this is another... This was actually a Paint Bucket Chat-inspired poem. Uh, I'm sorry to oh, everyone nice. in the paint bucket chat for <laughs> constantly sending my own shit, but I just think... Oh, please you know, don't be. I think we. I think I can speak for the, the we of the paint bucket chat to say we genuinely love this shit. Okay. <laughs> um, I've taken emergency wartime powers to beg for forgiveness. JK, 
LMFAO. Love my folding archways in the old. Look, my friend, anything operates. Love miniature flying Arctic oligarchs. Fine, I'll say the quiet part loud. There's nothing worth anything. We made it all up. Mm, fuck. <clears throat> and then this one inspired by a tweet that I, like, there was a bit that I was originally in drafts and then I tweeted it and I was like, fuck, I should have just, nah, I'll just write it. So I wrote it. <laughs> the soft animal of my body loves to drink myself to death. Which way is the desert? I guess thirst is in the eye of those dying from it or those with a surplus of water. It's hard having the glutton disease when you've got nothing. Um, sorry, Mary Oliver, RIP. Um, <laughs> and this last one is about the 2016 championship, uh, which happened, by the way, and this is what the next one's going to be about that I post tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I might post one more tonight, but probably tomorrow. Um, okay. The Cleveland Cavaliers won the world championship in 2016, three weeks before the Republican National Convention in mm -hmm. Cleveland, in the same building. Um, Fuck. And so ahead of the Republican National Convention, the city had shut down Public Square for renovations to be pretty enough for the Republican mm -hmm. National Convention. So at the time that they <laughs> yeah. won, um, they won the championship. The square was shut down, and it was shut down in such a way that it was anti-riot. So it was boxed off yeah. to force there to mm -hmm. be a circle around it. So it was easier to pen in people. Um, yeah. So it, at, at least that was how the coincidence worked. Uh, I'm sure that people yeah. would say that wasn't on purpose, but. Oh, fuck. So. The riot celebrates the championship. The city rushes the shuttered public square and circles it. Twerking on Suburbans. Doing donuts on a, cro <laughs> on a crotch rocket. A fire truck and a bus go missing. In the thrall, I am full of wishes. What if we took all of it, but the confetti settle? Oof. So, yeah, we've reached our end. That is the entirety yeah. of character limit. Thank you so much for letting me read it. Thank you for reading it. I'm. Uh, do you know how you're going to be distributing it? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, I will definitely, I will definitely put a link to it when it exists on here. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and I will link to the thread absolutely. And is there anything else you want to talk about? Because like. Uh, have we talked about just the, the form that is Twitter poems? Not really. I mean, listen, any questions you've got, ask. Um, I know I just hit you with so much text, and I appreciate your time, really, and doing this. Absolutely. No, I appreciate it. It's lovely to hear it all read. I mean, the... Uh, you, uh, I don't know. It's, like, hard to even... Uh, ask about it, you know, because it's just like the, these poems are. It's interesting because I've like get, been a part of the watching them be written. Yeah. So, um, 
it's it's really neat to watch them, you know, crystallizing kind of as you're like putting them together. I don't know. It's 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 was a really interesting process to watch them be added to this thread in a way that I don't even know how to like describe as like a social event because you know we are a, a small community of like uh just fucking commies and shit and yet we're all like so enthusiastic about each other's work that like uh shit like this is really exciting yeah i mean it's like wendy said on marx's poetry podcast build a crew right for the crew um, yeah 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 and that gave me a lot of courage to be able to do because it, it, listen, if I was writing this and no one was responding to it, it would be really difficult. To, and part of the issue oh, absolutely. with the form is it makes you question your writing. Um, mm. Mm. But it also, it's like a high wire act. You want to be able to put stuff out that people respond to. Um, like the stuff that I put mm. on Paint Bucket, I don't care as much how people respond to yeah. it. Because it'll sit there mm. for a long time. People will be able to find it and read it. But this stuff is like my whole idea of it being in one thread came from the way Lil Nas X works on Twitter. So yeah. what he'll do is he'll come back to a tweet from four months ago and re reply yeah. to himself and it'll fuck the algorithm. And then all of a sudden yeah. it's on the top of the feed for his <laughs> 250,000 followers or whatever. Yeah. And then it goes viral, even though maybe he originally tweeted it before he went famous. So my idea was, <laughs> if I tweet these in response to one another, not only will <clears throat> I be live writing a chapbook, which only came from Junkyard Addicts, should, I, I wasn't going to do it that way. Um, yeah. I was just going to do them and see what happens. But when Junkyard Addicts said that, I was like, oh, and then... By the time I get to like 30 or whatever, every single time I add one, the first one yeah. will become the first thing everyone sees in their feed. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a fun way to trick the algorithm and then always have the whole book be out there, you know? That's so fucking cool. I love that. Um, but inside the form itself, you said you had a question. I mean, I mean, yeah, you, you started off uh, when we were talking about your poems, about how uh, you had difficulty writing short poems. And I, I guess just, like, how do you feel about that difficulty now? Because, like, you, you seem to have really gotten a handle on this form, specifically for, like, the content you're working with. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a question that I have that I can't answer. Yeah. Uh, which is, are these good and then the second question that's within that question, which is, are they good enough for me? And mm. I guess mm. what happened was I basically wrote a manuscript over the last six months, eight months. I don't know how long it's been now. Since November. Mm. But I've what's really happened is I've been revising it since November. And I haven't mm -hmm. published anything from it. Nothing I've published has been from it. Uh, five minute break was kind of like a mutation of a draft that I thought was going to be in there. That it, and yeah, I just thought I wish I could just put shit out faster. What is wrong with me? Because um, mm. I felt like I was just trimming these poems until they weren't the same poem anymore. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they were just like lifeless. 
so this was also an experiment in anti-revision. So the thing. Oh, I love that's that's awesome. So yeah. the thing had to be good enough at publish that it could stand on its own, or I'd kill it. I've killed a couple that have gone up. Um, yeah. That uh, were either like retreading something I've already done, or just not where I want. But the only mm. form of revision is deletion. There's no, you know. Um, yeah. And I find that interesting. I'm. And I wonder, like, you know, I don't know what your opinions on Kerouac are, but, like, his... I was just talking to someone today about his kind of, like, you know, if it is to not revise or, you know, to only go forward is really interesting. Yeah, I always felt like with Kerouac that's bullshit. Um, <laughs> I know that's a lot of people's opinions. Uh, and I, I think that anti-revision in general is bullshit, but... Yeah. It really depends, like... For me, I want to put out something that I yeah. like and I think other people will like. And I think I, I had an mm-hmm. idea that I could revise myself into liking a poem I didn't like. Yeah. Okay, I see that. And so mm-hmm. when I tend to like the poem is when it's in its second or third draft. Mm-hmm. But once I get up to 17, like Pride, for instance, at Paint Bucket, mm-hmm was in its 18th draft shit really um <laughs> and what's your draft wow, holy pro- shit. Proce- process like i was just about to say i'm the terrible the most terrible at drafting i do like hardly know how to revise um a lot of shit i get lucky with um a, a lot of my dra- um, dra- like editing is reordering um because I work a lot in like fragmentation and like I don't write poems in one go, I'll like revisit. Right. And so a lot of times uh, editing is like adding to or like, you know, insertion right. as opposed to, but like, you know, removal has been something I've gotten, I think, more comfortable with as I've gotten like, you know, as I treat poems less delicately. Yeah. I guess. I don't know, but it's something I've always had a terrible I mean, time with. I'm the worst reviser. There are a couple poems in here in this batch that are like mm-hmm. they do a lot, or I feel like it yeah. really becomes apparent that the text is or the content is like pressing so hard against the form it doesn't work. Uh, really, you think so? The thermocyclops, crassus, microscopic okay. trespasses. Brachionis <laughs> Lettigy are unforgivable, or uh, <laughs> with which we write our elegy, um, end with key, uh, algal bloom, our key lime, neon bright tomb, is part of the reason mm-hmm. I don't think that works, for instance, is because yeah. I originally wrote that poem as a list of all of the invasive species in the Great Lakes with internal rhyme. Oh, wow. There's only 12 of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not that hard. It's 12. <laughs> or maybe like 16, but you can do two in one line. Um, yeah. But you just can't. There's too many characters. <laughs> mm, yeah, I was going to say. So I took the rhymes I liked the most and I put them in the poem. But I, I felt like that was like a hyper revision. I'm still going to put it in the book if the book comes out, but. Um, yeah, and I wanted to mention, I almost don't know how to articulate it, but maybe you'll have a better sense of this than I do. Um, the uh, 
your at least this form that you're working in has kind of or and the way you write it at least kind of seems to me to take on or at least demonstrate this kind of like volta quality towards the end of a lot of them where there's not necessarily if it's a turn but there's like this again not a voice that comes out of nowhere but just this you know shift to you know kind of very a, a curt statement of like you know this is what the fuck's happening um all properties like, you know, left I, uh yeah i mean uh i would work the register forever uh this news makes me finally a person fuck it mask on that that like whether it's like you know the poems going around a corner or however you describe it it's like you know i don't know it's very interesting and i've i've felt that for a while with the poems coming out but like we all wanted riot like you know i'm just going through reading the last lines now um and it's really neat that they do that and i wonder if that's like you know i think it's helpful to like the the tweet quality of them but also like you know it definitely functions as like a, a not if it's not a volta i don't know what you'd call it yeah i think that part of the issue is the character i mean it's it's funny that i'm <laughs> yeah. naming this yeah, book yeah, this yeah. and that's why i'm naming this book this but yeah um part of it is to express that within form it forces you to do that uh yes part of it is also to express the way that we create memes um mm -hmm. on twitter is so about that it's so about that yeah it's always about mm -hmm. the unexpected turn and you yes, know the the 90s was all about that in poetry like the I, I, Aaliyah Kaminsky on the Rachel Zucker podcast was just like, not to promote other podcasts, but <laughs> he was talking about like, yeah, you get to the end of a poem and you can only be surprised once. What happens the second time? Are you, are you still supposed to be surprised? And what I think about okay. is Labor Sellers poem. And I'm like, no, dude, yeah. every time I read that poem, I'm you, surprised. Yeah. You're never not surprised by no, that poem. No, literally. That's a po that poem okay. fucks you up every time yeah um i literally read that to a group of friends today i was like okay just listen to this poem <laughs> i remember i showed it to my friend who's been kind of out of it for a while out of poetry yeah. i mean and he was just mm -hmm. like it's so abrupt though and i was like yeah yeah exactly yeah and it's interesting to me how yeah. people who maybe haven't been reading poetry for a while find it wild or different mm -hmm but we're responding to something, which is we're saying... Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm so into here. You know, you can... These long investigations into the color of midnight can't seem <laughs> to tell me what time it is. Like, yeah, I don't... I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about because you won't tell me. And you're finding that that <sighs> currency with, with which you're operating in gives you class positionality that what gives you power over me mm -hmm. or creates yeah, an exclusionary yeah, yeah. effect and if that's what your priorities yeah. are in poetry which and i don't mean to say that everything needs to be explained the poem that i was just quoting myself from which gross thing who else um you know it is not a clear poem <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i i'm not asking for clarity but to some mm -hmm. extent degree like using hold on one second 
Yeah, you're good. Um, to some degree, using that vagueness is like incredibly locks people out. Um, and I'm tired mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, I think this is the end of my time. Thank you so much for having me. I think so. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I will link to whatever you want me to link to below the thread, uh, the chapbook when it comes out, yeah. uh, and whatever the fuck else. Awesome. <laughs> or, or your episodes, and your episodes on the Marxist Poetry Podcast. Sick. Thank you so much, Mitch.